Under the Hood podcasts are available now on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Available on your device now. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. What's up and welcome in. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Wishing you well during this uh, shelter in place during this COVID-19. Hope all is well with you and your family as we are alone together, as we are every night, uh, weeknights at 7, talking to you about Chicago sports. Uh, 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Always open for business. We're going to have a busy show tonight. I'm going to start off first talking to you about the NFL draft and the Chicago Bears. You know, this is a really big year for Ryan Pace, the general manager for the Chicago Bears. It's a really big year for him because if the Bears fall short this upcoming season, it might be lights out for pace and maybe the beginning of the end for the Bears in general as far as what they're trying to do. There are a lot of pros and cons with this team, but we got to understand the ebb and flow of what we've seen with Bears football. We've seen 12-4. and It was a really good year for the Bears because it was Trubisky and it was a defense that was coming through in a big way. And Matt Nagy takes over as a head coach. And there was a lot of a shell game, a lot of moving parts with the Bears to try to make the offense look somewhat good with Trubisky, who really was still a neophyte in the offense that Matt Nagy was trying to implement. But there was a lot of... You know, moving parts, a little sleight of hand to make the offense percolate enough to help the Bears win. But that defense, though, that's the thing that really stood out the most about that 12-4 and year because the defense, more times than not, in my lifetime as a Bears fan, is it really the distinguishing characteristic of the team. And so when you're 12-4, and you say, okay, if you just are able to handle your business from a special team standpoint, finding that kicker that you need, and maybe if you do that, maybe the Bears go a little bit further than just one round and out in the playoffs in that 12-4 and year. And then there's slippage. And then there's the 8-8 eight and eight season last year that we endured in which Mitch Trubisky was allowed to go out there and in year two of this Nagy offense, go out there and be able to do some great things offensively, show that what you can do. All right, last year we protected you, but this year this is on you. And that first game against Green Bay, and to watch the opener in front of a national television audience, everybody was watching. And it wasn't a great offensive game for either the Packers or the Bears that game, but it was just more embarrassing that it looked like preseason football from Trubisky as if he learned nothing from Matt Nagy in that offense. And so you look at that season, and there were games in which the Bears should have won, and they fell short, and they went 8-8. 12-4 eight and eight. and four to 8-8. Eight and eight. It looks like it's trending in the wrong direction. And the Bears could be good this year based on the core more so than the draft. Because you see, even though I'm looking forward to the draft, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Bears do in the draft as far as who are the new faces on this Bears franchise over the next three, four, five years. I think that what the Bears have in their depth chart is something that we really need to focus on now. Because to me, based on the core of this roster, I don't know if there's any positions at this point in time where the Bears are in the draft. I don't think there's one player that can push the Bears to a victory. That's in this draft, based on where the Bears are drafting. Unless they're going to get somewhere in the first round and start making noise and start really trying to get younger in some spots, I don't know if there is a difference-making player 
on these depth charts and these mock drafts that are in front of me that, that tells me that there's going to be a young player that can really help this Bears team. And you know what? I think Ryan Pace feels that same way. I don't know if Ryan Pace will be moving up or moving back in the draft or trying to get more picks. I'm not sure what his strategy is because the blinding light for me watching the Bears is what they've done here in the offseason, what they've done in free agency. The focus for the Bears this offseason was to try to find a way to get better offensively. The defense, as we have talked about for a long time, at nauseum, is that that defense was good enough to be able to hold their own you knew there's going to be some players that will be leaving the roster, veteran players that were a little bit long on the tooth, and that they're trying to bolster that spot in, in some spots on the defense. But you know that the defense with Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith and Akeem Hicks and others will be able to do what they do best, and that's to stop the opposition, where they are a bend-don't-break defense, where they're not so horrible. It's still a strong defense. But you have to take a look at the pros and the cons. And I go back to TheAthletic.com, a piece written by Kevin Fishbane and Adam John, talking about how an updated depth chart for the Bears impacts the team's draft needs. So let me go to the positives first. I think you and I know what the cons are, but I want to be able to accentuate the positives before I roll out the negatives with this Bears team. As we talk about the Bears with Jonathan Hood on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000. So the pros... We go to Allen Robinson, just for instance, on offense. Which team wouldn't want Allen Robinson on their football team? He's the next wide receiver who can be able to pay dividends for the team. Would I like something better than Allen Robinson? Sure, I I sure would. But if he's the best that the Bears have, I'm not going to kick him out of bed. He's fine. Allen Robinson is fine for this Bears team as the number one receiver, as the X receiver on this team. I'm not sure about the other X receivers on this team, like Javon Wims or Thomas Ives, but I know that Allen Robinson is a solid receiver for the Bears. So I've got no problem with that. The strength of the team is no surprise, right? The strength of the team is the defensive line. It's the strongest position by far when you think about uh, on the end with Akeem Hicks and on the nose with Eddie Goldman and Bilal Nichols at the end. Even Roy Robertson Harris is a nice player at the end for the Bears. And then there's others that you're trying to figure out on the depth chart, but it's another year where the Bears defensive line is going to be the deepest group on the roster. And this is when you lose Nick Williams to free agency. And so you're looking at three, four, five deep on the defensive line that will hold their own and really be the core and the strength of this football team. Then we take a look at the linebackers, right? The linebackers with Khalil Mack and, I mean, still a top 10 player. What I'm looking forward to seeing this upcoming season for Khalil Mack is for him to get loose and get to the quarterback. And I know if you we see these slow motion replays and we see some of this coaches film from different shows and different angles that we don't see in actual live game film uh, game day, we are looking at Khalil Mackey's double team. He's double team by tight end and offensive lineman. And then there's he's being chipped by a a running back and another tight end. And so it's hard for him to get to the quarterback at times. But you know what? I don't want to hear it. Khalil Mack came here and he was supposed to really wreak havoc, and he did for a little bit, but I want to see Khalil Mack be able to destroy some quarterbacks and get to the quarterback and really make a difference. I know that he's strong, and I know that Roquan Smith also is a very good player as well, but just looking at the linebackers just for a second, 
Khalil Mack is one guy. Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn comes over, and he, he is a terrific pass rusher. Imagine Mack and Quinn, when they're healthy, what they those two can do when the season starts. They can really rush the passer in a big way. They are going to be a terrific one-two punch for this Bears team. And so the inside linebacker would be Roquan Smith. And I have two questions about the inside linebacker spot. Roquan Smith is one guy at inside linebacker. Here's why I don't know. I need to know, will this fourth-round draft pick from 2018, uh, Joel um, Iwe Buniwe, will he be able to step forward and be able to be a productive player? I, I'm looking at this um, name like an eye chart. <laughs> and I had to go back to my pronunciation key from when he was drafted. Iwe Buniwe. I... Y I E G B U N I W E. Give that uh, name to a loved one and see if they can pronounce it. You'll have fun with that. So I need to know if Iwe Buniwe can be able to be someone next to Roquan Smith on the depth chart that can be able to pay dividends. Otherwise, it's a bust. He's a fourth round pick from 2018. Let's see what he can do. Uh, he's been a special teams player, but can he come in and really uh, do some things if Roquan Smith is not available? And Roquan Smith. I think he's a special player when he's on the field. I said at the time when he was drafted, and it, it was a little bit of Georgia bias at first because I'm a big Georgia fan, but I also believe that Roquan Smith can be one of those all-time greats for the Chicago Bears at that inside linebacker spot. And so I look at those as positives, and then I look at the the safety spot too. Who doesn't like Eddie Jackson at the free safety spot? And then what De- Deion Bush could bring at uh, strong safety. So I, I like the safeties that the Bears have. Now, coming up, we will address some of the cons. We went to the pros. What about the cons when it comes to the Chicago Bears? The the list of cons, even after free agency and as we are on the cusp of the draft, is longer than you think. We address it next right here on UTH. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Hi, everybody. On ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. It's Under the Hood. Follow us on the gram at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Talking about the Bears and the NFL draft is right around the corner. And let me just plug for you on the 23rd of April on Thursday, uh, we will have coverage of the NFL draft. I will be teamed with Freddie Coleman. After the first round of the draft, we, you will hear that right here on ESPN 1000, I believe. Um, so make sure that you check in. Also, the next day on the 24th, a lot of coverage as well with the NFL draft. I'll come on early at 6 o'clock, but at 6 to 10.30, we'll break down the NFL draft together. So make sure that you're with us next week uh, on Thursday and Friday as I uh, review the first round of the draft with Freddie Coleman from ESPN Radio. And then we'll be together trying to figure out what the Bears are going to do in other uh, picks second round and moving forward in the draft on Friday. Hope that you're with us here on ESPN 1000. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. We're talking about the positives, uh, the pros, and the cons when it comes to this Bears roster. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page here, and if you see what I see. And if I'm wrong, make sure you call me and tell me. But I kind of believe that after a 12-4 and four year and then an 8-8 eight and eight season and how the team is not really going in the right direction as far as the leadership offensively, and I don't mean pace, I'm talking about the players on the field, 
you might look at the Bears going in the wrong direction, but they're trying to pull the nose up by trying to solve the quarterback spot. If you notice, in the first segment, I did not talk about Trubisky at all. I did not talk about uh, Nick Foles at all either. There's a reason. Because I went through the pros of Allen Robinson and the defensive line, the strongest part of the team, and the linebackers and the inside linebackers, um, and so the safeties. I can also throw the running back in there as well. I think David Montgomery, another opportunity for him to actually run the football to get some momentum in the season early and not in the middle of the season. I think Montgomery can be a sturdy back for the Bears. So those are some of the pros, among some of the pros. Among some of the cons, though, I'll start from the bottom. I'll start with the kicking game. Are you sure that Eddie Pinheiro is the right guy? Because here's what I I don't want to go on a long tangent about. I'm not going to go through this, oh, the Bears should have Robbie Gold. How come Robbie Gold's still not here? Listen, business is business. I understand that. You can part with the asset. You can part with the player if you feel like you want to. But if you're going to part with an asset, then you make sure that you are improving on that asset. Get it younger, make it more productive, whatever, or as productive. But when you're struggling in the kicking game, and you have Eddie Pinheiro, who was hot toward the end, I couldn't care less about that. What I care about is someone consistent. Your job is to kick the ball through the uprights. No excuses. No, I'm not feeling well, all this stuff. I don't want to hear it. So the kicking game, I think, is a con on this team. What are you going to do about this? And again, this is these are things that may or may not be addressed in the draft, but the kicking game is very important. That special teams is very important to me. Let's take a look also at the depth of the wide receivers. All right? I mentioned Allen Robinson, and I got no problem with Allen Robinson as a wide receiver on this football team, but now we're looking at the Z spot with Riley Ridley, who I have no idea whether or not he can play on this level or not. I watched him at Georgia. I know that he was uh, vital to the Georgia offense in college. I just don't know how much time he's going to get. I don't know what kind of player he's going to be on this level, but I like Riley Ridley when he was in college. I have no idea what he looks like with the Bears on a regular basis. Then at the other position, you have um, Anthony Miller. I like Miller, um, but he's coming off another surgery. It took him until midseason last year to really get into a groove, as uh, Kevin Fishbane t- talked about on TheAthletic.com. Um, okay, I still think you can upgrade that position. I don't like the depth of this receiving core. Javon Wims is a special teams player. And again, Georgia guy, right? Uh, Javon Wims is a special teams guy. A straight-ahead runner. That's not going to work. Um, Cor- uh, Cordero Patterson is a special teams player. And I know they tried to work him in in some gadget plays and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he's fast, but again, not a guy that is a down-in, down-out receiver that could be on the other side of Miller or other side of Robinson. Then you have some of these other names like Reggie Davis and Alex Wesley. I mean, the Bears need to upgrade this position in a draft, by the way, that is rich with wide receivers. They need to look at that. Also, I'm looking at the tight end spot. (laughs) So I'll ask you this question. Put this on the poll, Sean, at ESPN 1000. If you have 10 wide receivers on your depth chart, do you really have one? <laughs> because Jimmy Graham and Trey Burton and Ben Broniker and Jesper Horstead and Eric Saubert and uh, Darian Clark and Demetrius Harris, J.P. Holtz, Adam Shaheen, Dax Raymond, if that's really your name, Dax Raymond. There's a lot of tight ends on this depth chart in front of me right here. But if you have 10 wide receivers, if you have 10 tight ends, do you really have one tight end? Bears might need to go into the draft. I mean, embarrassingly, they have all these tight ends, right? And 
you and I have talked about Jimmy Graham. We know he looks like he's toward the end. He's not a blocking tight end, nor is he a productive tight end like he was years ago. So why is he here? Because of familiarity, because Pace knows him. So if you have 10, don't you think you should draft one? Because I don't see any difference maker on this roster from the tight end spot. So I will look at the offensive line, too. This is something we talk about in season, right, especially when the quarterbacks get sacked. And we're like, okay, what's up with this offensive line? You only notice them when you start seeing that gate open on that offensive line. Like, hey, what's going on here? So what are the Bears going to do at right guard? Afedi is a right guard on this team. Rashad Coward and Corey Levin uh, on the right guard spot. They got to upgrade that, right? I mean, unless they are satisfied with what they have, I think they need to upgrade that. How about a left tackle? Where is the depth on the left tackle? So Charles Leno Jr. is just one guy on the left tackle. But what about the other guys? There is nobody else at left tackle. They need to upgrade that as well. How about on the defense, on the right corner? Now, the defense is a strength of the team, especially the line, right? So what about um, what about the right corner for this team? So Kyle Fuller's on the left side, and the right side is either Artie Burns or Trey Roberson or Kevin Tolliver. No, that won't work. That's not going to work. So you got to look at that as well. And, of course, the cherry on the Sunday. I went 24 minutes and didn't even talk about it because you know the big story. But I want to be able to really give you an idea of the cons on this football team before we get to the draft. And that is the quarterback spot. So here's what I'm going to stop saying. Because this is something that has been a talking point and a storyline for a long time in this city. And that is someone in the media from, like, 15 or 20 years ago, looked at Ron Wolf, the old general manager, player personnel guy for the Green Bay Packers. There was a time where the Packers would draft or bring in a quarterback every single year. Didn't mean that quarterback was the guy, but they would always draft a quarterback. That's a philosophy from years ago. And Ryan Pace said he would look into that. Ryan Pace has never done that. Ryan Pace is not going to do that. But I think we have to stop talking about that because this whole thing of drafting a quarterback every year um, is starting to sound like should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame. Okay, we, We've got to stop this in this city about drafting a quarterback every year until we actually see it. It's a good suggestion. Don't get me wrong. But clearly this general manager doesn't want to do that. He feels strongly, so strongly about Mitch Trubisky, he brings in Nick Foles from the side door. That's how strongly he feels about Mitch Trubisky. And so when I look at the cons... Both of those guys are on my con side of this sheet in front of me. I wrote my pros, and the cons is Trubisky and Foles. And the reason why that Trubisky and Foles are a part of the cons on this uh, sheet of mine is because I don't know what to expect. You can be the biggest Trubisky fan and feel like Ten's going to be able to find his way another year in this offense. And just he just needs for his receivers not to drop the football. He just needs time to throw the football. Or as Trubisky mentioned uh, ever so slightly, yeah, I just need to get out in the pocket a little bit more. Okay, cool. Cool. Roll out of the pocket, no drop passes, no sun in your eyes, and now what happens, right? I just know that there's some games and there was some money left on the table by Trubisky when he's a quarterback of this team. And I'm just never going to be in this myopic view how some Bears fans look at it. It's like, well, you know, the coach ain't coaching him right. and uh, He's not being coached up well. And 
I don't know. Just, these, these weapons, I don't know. We've got to stop putting training wheels and high school expectations on pro players around here. We've got to look at it for what it is. Did you win or did you lose? Did this offense win or did it lose? More times than not, the defense was holding up the offense, and that has been the tradition of Chicago Bears football for way too long. I just want balance. And so on my cons, along with the depth chart for the wide receivers and the tight ends and the offensive line and the kicking game and the right corner spot, the quarterback is on the con too because I don't know what to expect. Nick Foles might be the best backup quarterback in the history of the NFL. But can he step in and start and lead the charge for the Bears? We also have to take a look at it like this, and I think it's I think it's very clear. And that is that all of these band-aids, and that's what they are, gauze pads, they're band-aids of Jimmy Graham and Quinn and Foles and Artie Burns and some of these other guys. You know, I think that the general manager for the Bears. Ryan Pace has turned into Kenny Williams. <laughs> Before our very eyes, he's turned into Kenny Williams. You know Kenny. Kenny would just throw money at veteran guys just to be able to make out the rosters. Like, I know you used to be good, Ken Griffey, so we're going to put you in the mix. Oh, I know. I, I know this young player here. This this guy here used to play at a high level, and so we're just going to put him on our, our baseball team. And it's just kind of like, What? You just get like all these guys from back in the day, these old, older guys, they come to your roster broken down. They have a little bit left in the table and then, and that's it. And I'd look at Quinn and I think that Quinn could be a nice player, but Quinn's 30. You have Jimmy Graham, but Jimmy Graham's toward the end. He's Jimmy Graham is closer to a broadcaster than he is a tight end. And Nick Foles, no shade on Nick Foles. Nick Foles was hurt with Jacksonville, but we saw what he did with the Eagles. Is an upgrade over Trubisky? Probably. But all of these moves seem short-term to me. It seems like that baseball general manager is like, oh, man, the floodgates are open, and let me plug this hole, plug this hole, plug this hole, and let's go. When you have to do that, and you're not doing it with your draft picks, that says a lot about you as a general manager, doesn't it? When you are not letting your draft picks be able to flourish and for those players to be productive and succeed, that says a lot, doesn't it? When you're plugging these guys, plugging these holes, like Trubisky, all that bravado from Ryan Pace on the 31st of December, talking about, oh, Mitch will be our starter in 2020. We feel really good about Mitch. We really like Mitch. And then here comes Nick Foles. Well... It says a lot, right? He's plugging holes because he knows the end's coming. It's too bad because he comes in from New Orleans and has this swagger. And it was a good hire. There's no doubt it was a good hire at the time. But you see, you just don't have time in the NFL anymore. You just don't have time for a GM to be in place five, six, seven, eight years for him to get it right. I think that Virginia McCaskey is actually a little bit more itchy than you and I would believe. I think that just as we saw in the uh, Trustman era, when she got tired after two years of all this talk, 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 and no action, she pulled the plug. Pulled the plug. And the same thing here with this Bears team. If this Bears team underachieves, if this Bears team is in third place and not in the position to get in the playoffs after Minnesota and Green Bay, uh, that's going to be a problem. 
especially with this team loaded with talent. There's holes. There's a lot more cons on my sheet than pros. That's not good. That's not good. Especially when Ryan Pace is fighting for his job. I'm a plug a hole here and a plug a hole here and a plug a hole here. And Jeff, we're going to be just fine. We believe in the player. Okay. All right. All I know is that the draft's right around the corner. I look forward to seeing what the Bears do in the draft and how they're able to fill their holes because there's a number of them. There's more than um, I first thought when I was studying for the draft and kind of looking at what the Bears needed and what's out there. Yeah, Bears can get better, but I don't see a difference maker like from the jump. Like when they put this guy in and put a uniform on him, he's going to actually be a monster because those guys are in the first round, some of them in the early second round. You're hoping to get value as you move forward through the draft later in the rounds that the Bears can be able to utilize someone. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Let me get your thoughts on the Chicago Bears in the draft. What is the biggest need for the Bears in the draft? I'll get your phone calls coming up. If you're on hold, you will be on the air. But I'll take your phone calls coming up on what is the biggest need. Give me one position. I don't need five or six. I went through a lot. All the pros and cons. What's the one position the Bears need to address uh, in the draft? First pick, what do they need to address to try to get themselves better? 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Just remember one thing, friends. Never confuse activity with accomplishment. Just because there's a lot of movement and you've got a player here, player there, is it enough to make the playoffs? Is it enough to have, to have sustained success? Those are the things you got to think about. Well, to get your thoughts on the Bears, also still to come, uh, some other thoughts about the Bulls. Looks like there's going to be some movement here in the very near future in their front office, besides Garforn being fired yesterday. We'll get to that and more as we move forward right here on Under the Hood. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Under the Hood. Get the ESPN Chicago app for podcasts and the live stream from anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Download in the app store today. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Uh, Friend of the program, Earl Bennett, former Bears wide receiver, will join us at 8 o'clock. We'll get his thoughts about the say the Bears and the NFL draft. And we'll talk to Earl, as we always do, every night at 8 o'clock. I give you something NFL draft, something Bears. Earl Bennett will be our guest uh, at 8 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. Also, we will give an ode and a tip of the cap to Jim Fry, who passed away on Sunday. Ah, 2020 just sucks. Just sucks. It's names that you know. And obviously, it's enough to deal with this pandemic, but just like people uh, in entertainment and and all over our world, just it's amazing. Like this, this has really been bad. We're not even through May yet. It's just been awful. Jim Fry passes away, and that no one even knew about it yesterday. Died on Sunday. Then the news came that he passed away. So we're gonna talk to Barry Rosner. I think it's the first time in. Probably over 25 years that Barry Rosner has actually been on ESPN 1000. So it'll be good to hear from Barry from the DailyHerald.com. Good friend. I've known him for a long time. Uh, and Barry wrote a great piece in the Daily Herald about the passing of Jim Fry and what he meant to that 84 uh, Cubs team and the 89 Cubs team as well as GM. So we'll talk about Jim Fry about 845 tonight right here on ESPN 1000 with Barry Rosner. First time on my show and first time in about... 
I would say 25 years being on ESPN 1000. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Talking to you about the Bears in the NFL draft. Wondering from you, what's the one position the Bears need to be able to address? I went through pros and cons for this Bears team. If you're a Bears fan and you're listening to me, you should know the answer to this question. So that's what I'm asking you. What do you think? Uh, with the pros and cons, the one position, the first position they need to address. Let me go to Chris in Atlanta, listening on the ESPN Chicago app, joining me here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Chris? Jonathan, how are you tonight? I'm well. Thanks for checking in. Good. Hey, well, I think the uh, weakest area of the, of the Bears is the offensive line, but the first draft, the first pick they should get is a cornerback, only mm-hmm. because of the depth of offensive linemen in the draft and of wide receivers, whereas corners are not as deep. Therefore, I think you can get a starter at corner in the second round. Same thing on the either the offensive line or if you decide on a speedy wide receiver. Tight end and safety can be addressed later. So you, you were talking about depth at certain positions, but right now they need to prioritize getting starters. And corner is the one area where they can get a starter if they if it falls just right. Remember, it's a fluid thing, so your guys may not be there by the time you, you want to pick. Right. Uh, but I think you need to determine best player available in the areas of need and then go from there. I appreciate your phone call, Chris. And now he leaves line open, 312-332-ESPN. See, this is where you and I are on the same page, and Ryan Pace is not on the same page with us. Ryan believes in first, you know, best player available. So that means, like, if a defensive lineman was the first thing that came to them, they would just take him. But I believe in drafting for need. I always look at the draft as a shopping list. And I think, Jay, actually, J.D. and I disagreed on this for years, for many years. I believe in, if I, like Chris said, I need a corner on the other side of Kyle Fuller. I got Buster Screen in the nickel, and I'm okay with that. It's fine. But Kevin Tolliver and Artie Burns are not going to get it done. I need to find someone. Now, here's the thing. If I draft a, a corner, a right cornerback, I don't know necessarily if um, that person's going to be a starter or not. I know I could draft him. I could place him in there. I don't know if he's a starter, though. You'd hope so, right? Uh, but they're, like, So I'm going to write you down for corner. So that's our first vote. And now you see Chris from Atlanta leaves line open, 312-332-ESPN. Mike from Hoffman Estates as we talk Bears on ESPN 1000. Hi, Mike. What's going on, Hood? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to have to agree. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, we could sit on the phone for an hour. But, I mean, I don't think it makes any sense to get anything besides the offensive line. The last caller literally just said the biggest need is O-line. So let's get defense. No, the defense is sustainable. Okay, weak side corners are usually the weakest link in a su- success- successful defense. I mean, there's been plenty of corners that are weak side corners that look really good. Uh, Byron Maxwell got paid, and then they realized, well, he actually did suck up. Uh, um, the Seattle's defense, you know, made him look good. I mean, you get the best available O-line. You don't even think about defense. Your first three picks should be O-line, and then your your, your, your First pick should be O line, and then your second pick, you got to go tight end or wide receiver. I mean, this draft is so deep. Why wouldn't you address the line and then give the quarterback that you don't know who it's going to be a, a potential superstar wide receiver? I mean, there is literally so much potential. This is the, one of the best wide receiver classes. So if you don't, if you really think that the line is sustainable for Mitch or uh, Nick Foles, 
then you know get a wide receiver. But you like those first two picks is wide receiver or tight end or and then the line. You have to get a line in that one one of those second picks. Uh, and another thing I'm I'm sick of hearing is that Jalen Hurts. Why is that even in the conversation of being drafted? I mean, you would have Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky, and Jalen Hurts three backups. You want Jalen Hurts. Which, mind you, his biggest weakness is accuracy, which, oh, who else has that? Mitch. And you want him to learn how to play quarterback with a bad line, and you want him to learn from Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky and put him with this coach that has no idea what he's doing? I mean, there's some things that I just think are inevitable, and I don't understand why you would go defense when your, your defense is sustainable. That's what I got. Strong, Mike. Thanks so much for checking in. Good stuff. Um, to, so I'll write you down for offensive line. And, and you know what? There, that's a great point. So on the surface, push the BS aside, right? On the surface, what's the weakness of the team, offense or defense? Special teams is weak to me on, on the kicking side for sure. you got to address that because um, there's got to be a real competition there. But as, as in terms of the draft, the offense has got to get better, right? If you, if you feel good about the defense, and I said the defensive line is the strongest part of this team, there's no doubt. I mentioned the D-line, linebackers. Um, I mentioned the safeties. That's the strength of the team. So don't you want to be able to put your best foot forward to help Trubisky, Foles, whomever is going to be the quarterback? The offensive line, whether it's uh, Charles Leno, and if you believe in Leno, that's fine. But you got to figure out what you can do at right guard and yeah, right tackle Bobby Massey. I mean, yeah, you gotta you gotta figure out how you can be able to get younger and more productive at the on the offensive line. And then, as as I've talked to Matt Bowen and others about the uh, wide receiver core, it is it's not hyperbole. Let me tell you, you're going to hear so many experts talk about, oh, this is the greatest, this is the greatest, the greatest, because it's hyperbole, it's hype, right? I'm here to tell you, as a college football fan, I'm excited about this wide receiving core because. I've spent so much time watching a lot of these players in college where I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going down the list, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 wide receivers that can actually pay dividends for a lot of these teams, including the Bears, if they look that way. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Uh, Jim is in Lockport with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. We talk Bears. Hello, Jim. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Good. Hey, um, I think... Listen, I, I'm going to be straight up. I'm a Packer fan, but my family's Bear fans. But All that right. has nothing to do with this. I don't understand. This This Bears defense, that front seven is brutal. You don't need nothing. You could get a corner free agent or something. You need a lineman and you need a receiver. You know, not another tight end. A tight end takes two, three years to get the system, and they got to win now. You know? you know, but being a Packer fan, I hope they take three tight ends and a punter. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I mean they gotta go offense, man. You know that. That's yes. that front seven. They got decent corners and everything. What are they gonna need? Three seconds? Four? Yes. I mean that's a ruthless front line. I I, I don't want. I want to see Rogers facing that line. Believe me. You Understood. Know? Understood. Uh, by the way, it's about. Uh, I've been saying this on the national shows. It's about time for the Packers to break through, right? I don't mean I don't, I don't mean winning the division. I mean be a real contender in the NFC because otherwise, what's going on here? I know. I, I agree. I, I don't know, man. I think Green Bay's going to fall off this year, though. Who is the 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 Packers? You saying? I think so with Bogera. I don't know. We don't have a right tackle either, so I can't worry about these Bear fans. 
right. Thanks for checking in. Hey, thanks what? for all you do, man. Hey, Thank we you. all got our own worries, right, buddy? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, um, have a good night. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thank you. Um, yeah, so so on by the by the way, this is he's a fan of a team that continues to be the hammer and the bears and the nail. Right? So he he's talking about what the Bears need, but he he's a Packer fan and even he realizes like, hey, you know, he's not even sure about his team. It, but here's the thing I will trade. I will trade sustained success, at least trying, getting in the mix with Aaron Rodgers and trying to get better than to continue to scuffle. Because the Packers are always one of those teams in the division. But that's that's a nice prize to win the NFC North, to win the division, to be able to beat teams in the division. But what about winning it all, winning the entire conference? That's been a struggle for the Packers. This is I talked about this not too long ago, about the, so many myths, Chicago myths around here, about how... You know, the NFC North's the strongest division in the, in the NFL. Boy, that's a tough one. Lions, Packers, Vikings, Bears. How strong is it? Seriously, how strong is it when you do get out of the division and you do get into the playoffs and take on real teams in the conference? How, how's that work? Hey, you, I don't want to hear anything about how strong the division is until we start seeing teams out of the division actually putting up some numbers putting up an ability to compete for real for the for the Super Bowl, and not just when, not just for the NFC crown, but to be able to get to the Super Bowl. So I, I don't want to hear this NFC North is so strong, boy. You gotta look out every year. Ah, this black and blue division nonsense. How about winning your division and then being able to beat down the other teams in the conference? How about them apples? Three one two three three two ESPN is our phone number. Hyde Park here's Taylor on ESPN one thousand. Hey T. Hey, what's going on, Jay Hoodie? Oh, what's cracking? Quick question. Nothing much, man. Just hanging back, uh, enjoying some medicinal. Um, uh, I'm, I'm gonna say <laughs> you are. I'm gonna say yeah, this. You're, you're in Hyde Park, <laughs> yes, so, so there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. We all in quarantine. Ain't nothing else to do, right? Uh, look, man. Cornerback, nickelback, dime back. I don't care what you got. You need a quarterback first of all. Second of all, you always draft best player on the board. Talent wins in every single league. This is sports. When you start drafting for position, you start missing talent that actually can, you know, you can have as trade pieces. Um, but back to my first point, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a you don't have a winning team. At this point, I know you know the Bears don't have a first round draft pick, but man, with a second round draft pick, you need something and some kind of talent. So I'm gonna just say best player on the board every single time, all the time. And I know it's a different sport, but you don't want to get a Darko Milicek because you you feel like you already had a small forward. And that's one of my, you know, one of my biggest points. The best talent always wins. Thanks, can you, buddy. Hey, Have can a you good do, time. Can you do me a favor, oh. Taylor? Can you do me a favor? What's up, baby? I, I just want you to just give me a, uh, give me a half chicken and <laughs> and some ting. You over there by Uncle Joe's, right? Just stop in there. Don't worry about the line. Just stop in there and just give me, <laughs> just, just give me half, right? Ain't no lie right now, man. I just it, finished actually some Harold on 79th Street. I'm in the car, man. I'm good to go, baby. <laughs> all right, man. Take care. All right. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that a, is that a central business that Harold's is open on 79th? Wait a minute. You didn't know that? 79th and 87th. I didn't know it was a central yeah, business. Long line outside the door. People waiting for the food. They call in and then they go pick it up. Absolutely. Only on the south side. Hey. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> 
three one two three three two ESPN. He do he did want to stop at uh, at at Uncle Joe's for me because he already got his heralds and his mild sauce. Um, probably got some gizzards on the side too. Um, but that's okay. Next time, Taylor, just just stop in Uncle Joe's for me. Um, red beans and rice. Give me a, a little ting, and uh, give me give me uh, a, a half chicken. Appreciate that. Um, and plantain too, by the way. Coming up, we will talk about the tight ends, right? Will the Bears look into getting a tight end, and how soon could they get a tight end? We'll talk about that as we move forward here and take more of your phone calls. What's the first thing the Bears need to address in the draft? 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. As you're listening to Under the Hood. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. It's Under the Hood. Follow us on the ground at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Follow me on Snapchat, SnapJHood, or on Instagram, IGJHood. Follow the station on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Looking for more followers for the station, ESPN underscore Chicago and IG as an Instagram, jhood. Easy to remember, right? 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Earl Bennett will join us coming up at 8 o'clock. A former Bears wide receiver has got a podcast as well, so we'll talk to Earl about the state of the Bears. Some thoughts from Kevin Fishbane from TheAthletic.com. Got a chance to talk to him last night about a number of things. Number one, we talked about the tight end spot. Will the, what will the Bears do? If you have 10 tight ends on your depth chart. Do you really have one? We talked to Fishbane about the tight end spot. They have 10 tight ends, Jonathan, but do they have one? Right. I mean, that, that's, that's the thing. You know, and that was the, the interesting thing, putting this depth chart together, is we started with looking at these positions they've made a big investment in, and talk quarterback, tight end, outside linebacker, and, and you can argue they still need to draft guys at all those positions. I, I don't know. Who, I don't know if your 2021 tight end is on the roster. Now, going back to what I just said about Ryan Pace, that might not matter to him. Um, but, you know, you have a lot of young guys that might show a little upside, you know, guys who played basketball in college or uh, guys who were undrafted rookies last year that, you know, like a Jesper Horstead or a Dax Raymond. And I mean, you, but are, are any of these guys the real deal? I don't know. I mean, this is this year's version of kicker. And I would not really uh, criticize. I don't. I don't think I would really criticize it if they decided to take a tight end in round two. Um, that's someone that they would start right away as your wide tight end. You're moving out from Adam Shaheen. Um, again, I don't. I don't know if that's out of the realm of possibility because you you don't have a whole lot of answers at that position, even though you have all these guys. Sad. You have 10 tight ends on the depth chart, and you might have to draft one because the Jimmy Graham uh, signing is so underwhelming uh, because you don't know what he has left. Uh, I'm not going to just completely out and just say it's not going to work. I'm just saying that based on the numbers, it doesn't look great. Um, some Also some thoughts from Fishbane regarding the wide receiver spot. We were just talking about the wide receivers and how rich the uh, talent is as far as the wide receiver core. Some thoughts from Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. Would you add a wide receiver in the draft? You know, when you look at some of these mock drafts around that 43 to 50 range, you see some of those wide receivers there. Uh, you know, some really dynamic players, guys that can step in day one and just bring some necessary speed to this offense. 
Um, and, and I wonder how tantalizing that's going to be for Ryan Pace and especially Matt Nagy, as opposed to you know maybe an offensive lineman who's going to be who's going to have a redshirt year or a quarterback who's going to have a redshirt year. You know the 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 allure of a wide receiver who can step in right away, and you know, it can go for cornerback and safety too, or you potentially have starting jobs open. I think it's a really intriguing spot, and mainly because it's such a deep group of wide receivers, of guys that could be there when you're on the clock at 43. Um, you know, thinking back to what you said earlier, uh, Jonathan, talking about the tight end, I think the only two positions that are, I'll say three, the, only, the three positions that I would really scratch my head if the Bears took at 43 would be defensive line, running back, and inside linebacker. I think every other position, um, outside special teams, of course, is in play. And wide receiver is right there. You don't know Anthony Miller, he's got he's in rehab you know, for an injury again, so he's rehabilitating that at Hallis Hall. When is he going to be ready to go? Last year it took him until midseason to really get into it. Riley Ridley, you know, if you asked me six weeks ago, I'd feel really good about Riley Ridley, but now with everything going on, he's not going to get that full offseason. Um, you know, you've seen what you have in Javon Wims. There's something there, but I'm not sure if he's a, a front-line guy. So you have a ton of question marks, I think, at a position even though you're bringing back all those players. So, yeah, when you consider the strength of the draft as receiver and the guys who could be there for you, I would be very intrigued by the, the idea of taking a receiver for them um, at one of those two second-round picks. So thoughts there from Kevin Fishbane. You can go to the ESPN Chicago app, hit Under the Hood, and you can hear our full conversation. Kevin was always great uh, with his time talking about the Bears, the NFL draft, with me here on ESPN 1000. Sherrod is in Cicero on ESPN 1000. Hey, Sherrod. Man, what's going on, Hood? Good. What's cracking? Man, man, just sitting here, man, going through the last time I called. It was a lot about the eye test. When I look at the Bears, the only thing I see that's really an issue with the decision-making at quarterback position, man. And I, I agree going into the draft, you know, the best available talent. But at the end of the day, you messed up with Trubisky. You brought in a gap with Foles. You need somebody to come in behind him because with all that talent, don't mean nothing if you can't lead him down the field. So at the end of the day, I heard them say, Jalen Hurts, he's not accurate, he's not this. But then I'm listening to Capital Company this morning. They talking about accuracy. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in college football. So at the end of the day, I let my eye test lead me. This boy's been a proven winner. He was leading Alabama. He had a bad game in the championship. Left them, went to Oklahoma, and led them. Mm -hmm. Like, the boy's talented. He's a good leader. I think he'll be a good right behind Trubisky to come in and really be what we need him to be. That's all I got, man. Sherrod, I'm glad you checked in. I appreciate your phone call. Um, I, I like um, I like Jalen Hurts because the leadership is there and the arm is there. We've got we to get away from this guy's too small, too short to play the quarterback position. That, that guy is a, was a terrific player, which, as you mentioned, two teams in college. And so I, I believe in his ability for sure. Um, the thing is, is that you have to be able to have the weapons. I don't care if, if you drafted Hurts. I don't care if you're going to go to Foles or Trubisky when the, when the bell rings. If they don't have a tight end to throw to, or if they're not utilizing the running game, or if the offensive line is rickety, I don't care who you put back there, there's going to be a problem. Because Allen Robinson can, is not Jerry Rice. He's a nice wide receiver, but he cannot be getting all the bulk of the offense, uh, and, and you think that he's going to help you win ball games. 
So you can we can focus on the quarterback all you like, but but I think the bottom line is no matter who's back there, if you do not have other receivers, tight end receiver, if you don't fix that offensive line on the right side, uh, and try to add more depth to your offensive line, then what's the point of any of this? The defense is set. Special teams are still a question mark for me, and you got to figure out what you want to do offensively. So, listen, there's going to be a lot of people that don't like Trubisky or don't like the move of Foles, but this is what it is now. That's what the depth chart's going to be when the season starts. It's going to be those two. And if they do have draft a, a quarterback, if they do do that, that quarterback is not going to start. It's too much money invested in Foles. So let's speak in reality. And reality is if Pace does not bolster the offensive weapons for whoever's going to be the quarterback – then this is all a lost cause. And I'm wasting my time, and the Bears are wasting your time. More on the Bears in two minutes with Earl Bennett right here on ESPN 1000.